Welcome to the Manuscript Academy podcast, brought to you by a writer and an agent who both believe that education is key. The beauty is the people you meet along the way, and that community makes all the difference. Here at the Manuscript Academy, you can learn the skills, make the connections, and have access to experts all from home. I'm Julie Kingsley. And I'm Jessica Sinsheimer. Put down your pens, pause your word counts, and enjoy. Well, hi. In this episode, part two of MSWL's origin story, we're going to talk about how MSWL went from a hashtag and a Tumblr to a blog-style WordPress. And then the scalable site agents and editors can log in and update today. This never would have been possible if we were still updating everyone's commas. With many thanks to Mike, Sierra, and Caitlin, we'll tell the story of how this went from agents streaming on the internet to a real, functioning site. And if you haven't heard part one with KK, that's two episodes before this one, and you should probably listen to that first. First, let's start with Caitlin. All right. Thank you guys for being here. Like MSWL, Manuscript Witchlist, has been such an amazing resource. And I'm just so humbled that I even know you guys. Like we were telling KK that I used the, the hashtag in my classroom when I taught mass communication years ago. And I, I was just like, well, there's this thing and these amazing people made it and you can use it when you don't have ideas to steal ideas <laughs> and to write your screenplay that I'm trying to make them right. And like just sitting here with you all is such a full circle. You know, so I'm Caitlin O'Connell. I'm an associate editor of juvenile projects here at Marvel Comics. So I work on all of the kids' books, all of the licensed projects that we do with Disney and Scholastic and various other partners. Can you describe what it looked like so everyone like can really realize just how much incredible work you did fighting against tech while this was happening? Yeah, I don't remember <laughs> 1.0. I don't remember yeah. it at all. I remember I, I it was it was a crash course in WordPress for me. I hadn't used WordPress press all that much myself before doing this. So it was a lot of staring at the back end of WordPress, making sure all of the little boxes were checked in ways that they needed to be checked and copy pasting text and then making sure that it was formatted correctly. I remember at one point I had to sort of drag everybody's photos onto my laptop desktop and then upload them to WordPress because I couldn't move them directly from where they had been onto the new site. So I, my, my desktop at one point was just dozens and dozens of tiny little square headshots of agents. So that was moving over all of the existing accounts. And then there was adding some new ones uh, because I think there were some people who hadn't been on version one and were signing up for version two. And then there was a little bit of tech support. I remember you and I, Jessica, had a lot of conversations about herding cats at the time, yeah. um, but the cats got herded and the website got finished and it was pretty. <laughs> Yeah, you put in hours and hours and hours of work. And I don't think people realize <laughs> that how much of this was being done by human versus by tech. Yes. Yep. I don't know what that sort of back end of it looks like now, but at the time it was very much a, you know, here's here's a little human on the back end doing it for you and we'll set it up later so that you can edit it. But at the time I was the little human. So yeah, we were we were definitely fielding requests that were like, change this comma, change this paragraph. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of us took turns doing that. I did that at one point. KK did that at one point. Yep. Like yep. there was always a person. So the back end of the site does look completely different now, and that's all because Mike and Sierra, who are both now multi-published authors, jumped in to help a complete stranger with a sad tweet on the internet. 
tell me, like, bring me back to the beginning. Like, what was the thing that brought you all together? Because you're all from like all over the place and varying, you know, walks of life. Like, tell us about that moment when everything came together for you, for you all. So this really goes back to when Sierra and I, well, we were our critique partners, like starting around 2008, 2009 or so. And then we became business partners because we were both technical writers, but then I was starting to do web development and Sierra does graphic design. And so we were like, we should just start working together because I don't like the design element of web building. Sierra doesn't like the coding part of web building. Mm -hmm. It made a lot of sense. And because we were querying and we were you know, critiquing each other. And so we were kind of floating around publishing in the writer space. And then Jessica, I think you were manually updating the manuscript wishlist website, right? Yes. I didn't know if you knew. Uh, I didn't know if anyone knew what that was looking like <laughs> from my perspective at that time. Did you know? Were you like, this poor woman is I, clearly... You told us. You, you might have told us like when you came out to the Bay Area for coffee with us. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. think you might have mentioned that. And and like we were kind of like, whoa, that's that's not healthy. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> and, um, and we had started to build websites with... I was using this cataloging tool called Toolset where you can create different types of forms that users can just fill out and it'll automatically format them and spit them out. And uh, you can search through them. You can display them by certain orders and things like that. And it seemed to make a lot of sense. I think at that point, like, we just kind of volunteered to be like good publishing citizens. And That's because we had become friends. Call. Yeah. And we become no, friends at that like point. Like a sad tweet going, does anybody know how to do that? <laughs> yes. And anyone have any recommendations? And I think, Mike, you saw it and you're like, hey, we're <laughs> both writers. <laughs> we're one sad, lonely tweet, a sad, lonely tweet <laughs> into the universe. And Sarah and Mike are like, we've got this. We've got this. But the important part was that we wanted to do it as, you know, being part of the publishing community and giving back. So this mm. was a labor of love for everybody. <laughs> Certainly you too, Jessica. <laughs> so um, it was for us as well. And so just to be clear, I, I would love to have you guys tell us how many books you have between you right now we connect in 2015 late 2015 2000. you know how i know this is because <laughs> i signed with my literary agent eric smith in august of 2015 and we had started talking about this a few months before that and then oh, when yeah. i got my first offer i sent jessica a panic email of <laughs> how do i handle this and because we become friends at that point jessica was like okay let me let me see who's offering for you let me talk you through this what to expect and how to handle it so those two things are forever burned in my mind as yeah. Like kind of being birthed at the same time. So I think Sierra, you did the first bunch of it because it was a lot of it was design at first, right? And then like I was working on backend coding for about six months, I think. Yeah, the I think you know we really had to start from ground zero and just yeah. start building the identity and the brand and a logo and the look and feel. Yeah, which was and I don't remember much about that, but I wanted to make it accessible for everybody and simple and low barrier of entry for users because. It was a website that we were we will use, you know, we would go look for, I know I've used it for in my own agent search many times, but Julie, to answer your question, of course, we're both aging in it now. That's the, the happy ending. And I don't know, I have two books. One's coming out this year. One came out last year. Mike, how many do you have? My sixth just came out two weeks ago. Congratulations. I love this. It's such a great example of good things happening for good people. Yeah, I was thinking that too, you know, and I think, I think people, we were talking with 
KK about how some people think like MSWL is like Oz. You know, there's yeah. there's, this all, there's this all powerful thing. And it's, you know, I'm like, no one knows that it's just people that came together and created it, but then went off to do all these other amazing things and have other careers and, you know, and life keeps moving. But what an amazing gift to the writing community. What, can you tell me a story of something that really positive besides, you know, having your amazing books and signing with agents? Did you have another amazing story that came along with developing this tool? Well, we uh, we concentrated on author websites for our business, which was called Atmosphere Websites. Atmosphere after, I think, Joy Division song. The Joy Division song, yeah. yes. <laughs> we debated um, about which song to name it after. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's the history there. So, um, you know, we really wanted to stay within the the sort of community that we knew and understood, um, which is why we really focus on authors. <laughs> yeah. No, How did the two of you find that. each other? That part, you know, I was actually trying to remember this the other day and I'm like, I couldn't figure it out. Like at some point we just started emailing each other bits and pieces of our manuscripts. I think um, I know where it was. I think was it? Uh, it was, was back it in the day of blogging. Right? Oh, that's right. Yes. And you did an interview on Writer's Digest or a, a post on Writer's Digest. And I don't know how, but we connected through that post somehow. And then that's right. we had stayed in touch. We'd been critique partners. You had a freelance business. And at that time, I think it was 2010 at that time, I was seven months pregnant with my second kid and I was laid off from my job, my full-time job. And I'm like, wow, thanks. That was fantastic timing. And Mike said, don't worry about it. Just do freelance work. I've got you. I'll pass you projects. And I'm like, what? What? Who who would do that for anybody? That is incredibly generous. And he did. He did. He handed me some clients and said, go for it. These are overages. and, And it got me started on a freelance career for years. And it was wonderful. And so that's how we sort of stayed connected through critiquing and together. It was just, it was a really lovely thing until we went on and to do other things. And, uh, but we still talk all the time daily. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love that so much. The early connections that kind of just like just happened so organically via the internet and early blogging yeah. and social sites and that. Mike, for you, like, what did you see in Sierra as a business partner? Well, we have the same taste in music, which is really (laughs) important because we would be talking about like a difficult client or whatever. And it would just go off into like, I found the best Pet Shop Boys remix of all time. Listen to this. (laughs) And that's that's like the basis of our friendship is like publishing and music. And so I think like we just, it was nice when I started giving Sierra freelance clients, I was hitting a point where like with my day job and trying to write and doing some freelancing and some journalism, I was just maxed out. And so I was turning people down and it was nice to have someone that I could just be like, no, go talk to this person. And then when I started to get into to web development, and it's because Sierra, you know, is a tech writer at that time, right? Mm-hmm. We, so yeah. the design stuff was on the back burner for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then like, we just said yeah. like, we, we have these skill sets that we can, we can put together. And like, I was doing some web work for someone. And I, I remember thinking like the practical building aspect of this, but I don't have any eye for for like visuals on it. And I don't know how to use any of the tools for it. And so we were just talking, we're like, wait, we, we can work together on this. Like we can make this work. It's nice that like we have this history that's like through business, through publishing, through freelancing, but really we just talk about music. <laughs> well, we're, and we're both in the Bay Area too. So mm-hmm. I think actually the first time we met was, um, do you remember this, Mike? At a local San Francisco chapter of the RWA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Women's you invited Fiction me. Group. Yeah, and they had um, they had agent Laura Bradford come talk to them. That's right. I couldn't remember the agent for that. 
<laughs> yeah. And um, which is so funny because my first agent was part of the Laura Gra- Bradford uh, group, which was so funny. It kind of came full circle, but anybody could go listen. And we were like still querying and exploring publishing and agents at that time. So we were like, oh yeah, let's get together and meet and we'll go see her talk and learn things. You know, one thing I always, I get asked this a lot in interviews about like, how did I decide to write, you know, science fiction with feelings? And I always bring up Sierra because I was writing contemporary fiction at the time and I just wasn't happy. And I said like, I wish I could just like put this on a spaceship or something like that. And then Sierra said, why don't you just do that? And her whole thing was like, if you don't, because I remember I resisted. I thought like, there is no agent that's going to sign this. Like there's no market for it because this was like 2010, 2011 Mm -hmm. and speculative fiction hadn't quite grown like the way it has over the past five to 10 years. It was just on the cusp of that. And so Sierra said that at the very least, I will have fun with the project and I will become a better writer for it. And so the first project, Sierra remembers this, it was called The Pause. It was about a wedding planner and an apocalypse. And it became my second book, A Beginning at the End. After my my poor agent just completely deconstructed that into like it's bare bones and I had to rebuild it from the ground up. But the concept for that, that came because Sierra was like, push yourself in this direction because it will make you happy. And that's so interesting. It's almost like like an MSWL, like mm-hmm. science fiction with the feels, <laughs> with the wedding planner, you know, who's looking for that? Yeah, exactly. It was, it was nice. We had this uh, thing that we established where we called it um, brutally diplomatic. <laughs> I remember like the first time we came up with that, it was just like, this agreement with each other as critique partners that we're going to be so honest with each other because we want each other to succeed. And so we're going to say the hard things. And when I talk with people about like, what do you want in a critique partner? I always say like that honesty is really important. It has to be diplomatic because you guys are friends and you don't want to piss each other off, but you have to have that honesty. And because the goal is to push each other into being good enough to get to the next level. So yeah, we've really built a lot together, haven't we? We have. It's been a wonderful ride. And I think um, for MSWL, uh, my part was fairly, I don't want to say simple, but it was fairly straightforward, I guess, the design and everything. You had the harder part where you had to just build all those databases because there's so many categories and there's so many, I don't even know how it works in the back end, but I do remember launch day and the site crashed because so many people were trying to... (laughs) I remember that. <laughs> Register and get on it. It was it was really quite the thing. And I think for a little while after launch, you were like sort of on call to fix any back end mm. things going on, right? I don't think we had anticipated the no. crush that no. would happen <laughs> from it. I mean, it was good because I remember the immediate feedback. People were really happy with it yeah. um, because I think was the original version, wasn't it like blog posts that you were kind of alf- alphabetizing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and tagging. And yeah. um, made searchable. And yes. To have the like the searching and the organization and like categorization to go from what it had been to like the new functionality, like the response was pretty overwhelming. And I remember we had some panic texts about um your host because oh, the host yes. <laughs> Because we kept being too big for the hosting plan. And we were like, what do we do? Oh, you had to upgrade the hosting plan like right Multiple on times. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And they were not the most user friendly. Like you would definitely, um, you'd see them on Twitter and people would be tweeting mean things at them. Like, hey, <laughs> you never work. What's wrong with you? And they'd be like, silence. <laughs> 
Well, so, I mean, this is so curious to me. You're all doing this work for free. It's turning into something way bigger than you anticipated. It's crashing. And so you have the stress of all these people wanting to use something that you built, which is really cool. And then it's not working. And then there's no money to support <laughs> the, the upgrade for the server. So like, I mean, like the fact that this is even alive today, I mean, that is- very lucky. You, I mean, like, what were you <laughs> like doing? Like, points, like very picking lucky. up pennies on the street. I mean, like, you know what I mean? Like, I think that's what people don't understand. So tell me, like, someone, like, explain that to the viewers. I don't know if, Sierra, if you're driven this way, but, like, I am driven by a lot of, like, fear and panic and guilt. And so... <laughs> yes, those three things also <laughs> drive me well. So when, when I saw that the site wasn't working and then um, the occasional, like, you know, nasty tweet to Jessica about that, I'm like, no, 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 don't, don't attack Jessica. She's, she's doing so much work and like let me see what i can do to fix this thank you and most of the time by the time we got it up and running the functionality was working um like we had tested it it was more of like getting like when we tried to patch in some new features i remember there was a new type of search that we were trying to patch in and it wasn't working um i don't remember the specifics but like those types of things were stressful because i was basically the only person who could test it because i was the only person who knew there have been occasional times when we had to take a function down and this is all like within the first year it hit a point where it was everything was running but that sort of thing was i think there were a lot more battles with the host and the capacity that they could withstand i, I remember i think it was the second mswl day where jessica and i were, we were strategizing about like how do we prepare for a crash and i think like didn't you even tell the hosts ahead of time like we are preparing for this massive day like what can we do about this yeah and of course right. they're like no problem and yeah. then there was a problem <laughs> But I think there was, at that point, like, there was enough goodwill built with the community that I think there was a lot of understanding. And I mean, in any space, you're going to get the jerks who just don't get it. So like those people exist anyways, but by and large, there's a lot of goodwill. I think so too. It's kind of funny because a lot of people assumed we were much bigger than we were. Like a company or a paid employees. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think they thought we had like an office in San Francisco or something. Like... <laughs> yeah. But the whole thing was very, it's all community. It's like just a whole bunch of people contributing time and effort and I believe that's still the case today right it is I don't want to say we're like four kids in a trench coat but <laughs> <laughs> well but I think yeah. you guys have done such an amazing job of making and keeping this a free everyone can use it you don't have to pay I mean like what do you get in this world that actually is that anymore I mean like like seriously like it's been an amazing gift to writers yeah because you are paying the web hosting costs and that yeah. can't be insignificant no <laughs> are you kidding on a publishing salary that was a um each time it happened yeah well thank you thank you are you kidding you did all this amazing stuff and I mean I just think about how much would not have been possible if this absolute miracle had not occurred where you just showed up and offered because I mean probably one of two things would have happened either I would have kept updating it manually and completely burnt myself out or I would have been like okay we can't do this anymore I can't see a third option there so like had you not come along none of this would have been possible it, it would have been gone yeah, a lot of the right thing at the right time at the right place. We were both in uh, times of our lives where we felt like we could, we had the bandwidth and the capacity to be able to offer things for free. And we we'd done it for a couple other situations and authors too at, that we felt were appropriate. Um, and we always just took that, you know, kind of viewpoint that this is us giving back to the community. 
For me, also at the time at my day job, like my company was like flailing and didn't have any, like I was still employed, but like they didn't have any, like a lot of new business. So it was just, I could take that sort of like mental space at the time. And um, I mean, they recovered and they're fine now, but there was like a two year period where like everyone who was working for that company just didn't have a lot to do. So it was very fortunate that that came during that span where I could like think about things at my desk because like I literally had nothing else to do. <laughs> yeah, but we're also both of us, I think, uh, extreme organizers yes. in terms of project so management much. And work, which is another thing that we bond on. Well, you know, the three of you, and I know Jessica, you're in this too, you know, and I am the one, I just want to make very, very clear that I am the one person here that is not responsible for the manuscript wish list, <laughs> that I have benefited from your services. I have taught your services. And I think that, you know, when we look at the history of publishing, that you have created something that has been transformative. We see the MSWL tag on people's websites. It is something that is is the standard and it's it's a remarkable gift so thank you all we're i think we're both just happy to have contributed yeah i never thought of it like that either i never thought of us sort of having a place in that incredible tool and yeah that's really kind of oh my gosh you guys that that's the type of thing like on your gravestone like (laughs) plus mswl I think we better update our author bios, Mike. Yeah, yes. I, I totally, you know, it's one, for me, it's just one of those things where it's like, oh yeah, we helped Jessica out. No, no. That was it. And you know, no, and, and I, if I, right, if I think back, Mike, I think there was a time where it did crash when I was in, in the picture and you were there. I wanted to jump back to what you were saying, Sierra, about the visual element. And I remember I had no visual language whatsoever. I am not a visual person. I can barely get dressed in the morning. So I remember I was trying to think of the words to tell you about (laughs) what I was thinking about how things were working. And I remember at one point I was in my then boss's office. We were on the phone. And finally, I was like, Sierra, I am someone and who 90% of my wardrobe is navy and black. (laughs) This is very bright. I don't know what to do with, yeah, I don't know what to do with all of these colors. And I mean, I'm I'm sure I said similarly, similarly ridiculous things. And you handled that so well. You somehow translated from like person with no visual language to the site as it turned out. And I love that you did that. And I don't, how did you figure out how to like reach into people's brains and make something visual out of it? Um, I think that I have a gift of being sensitive to people and I just kind of pick up on what they really want. (laughs) But I also approached it from the point of view of what looks writerly, what looks scholarly. Like, you know, I I knew that the font choice would not be a very modern kind of computing um, font or something like Gotham, which is really modern, used lots of different places. I wanted it to be friendly, approachable, which meant using a serif font. And, uh, you know, I kind of just went from there. Like, And and I also wanted to create, I think, a, a primary logo area that could be reproduced in different places because I saw this being used in social media and, um, and for a while, it was. I mean, we had little cards printed up for you at one point. Yeah, we gave yeah. those out at our second MSWL party. I have yeah, a picture right. of them fanned out so everyone could take one and they were right by our little hashtag light. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, so I think I just kind of tried to approach the look and feel from a user's point of view. It needed to be friendly and approachable, nothing off-putting too heavy, nothing aggressive. And it was just kind of a very soft, uh, and it had that, the wish list was in a script. So it was very soft and yeah, I don't know otherwise. <laughs> I think I showed you a couple different things and you went, yes, that. And the way we usually worked is I would iterate a little bit from that. And I remember mocking up a page of an agent or editor's profile and I... I put little icons, which I think are still in use today. And it was just kind of like, if I were looking for looking up an agent, you know, what do I want to see them listing? And what's amazing to me, I mean, this blows my mind is that people then filled those out. Oh, this agent filled out what I wanted to see. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Like, you know, books I want to read and I'd like the next and where to find me. I mean, it blows my mind. So I think that it really, really helped that we were your user base for this. Like we yeah. knew what, like for an agent search, like what we would look for. I think we even talked about that during the early, like the the UX of the, the actual profile. I think we actually did, talked about like, do we need this or this would be cool? We should add like an embed for the Twitter feed here, you yeah. know, things like that. Because like we knew as writers, like what we were looking for and like you didn't want it to be too empty. It, mm -hmm. It's like these little things make a difference as you are going through your agent search. I tell people now when I talk with writers who are querying and I say like, you know, if you don't know what to look for or like who's going to possibly be like this extreme niche that you're trying to fill and like go to this website, like they, you know, if they haven't heard of it yet, they'll look at it and they're like, oh my God, where did this all information come from? And it's like, yeah, so we, we definitely hit the mark with that. And it just comes from, you know, we weren't some random web development agency that you hired. We were your exact audience of users. Yeah. yeah and I think that helped on the agent side too, because a lot of agents want to know how to get the right writers to them and they don't always know where to start. So I think asking them those specific questions was really, really useful. It was, I mean, I think you remember I had to go around and be like, hey, how would you feel about adding all of the things that you tell editors you want into a database? Okay, yes, I promise you can do it. Yes, you can. <laughs> and, and it was just so, it was so interesting because that was the sort of thing that it, like they needed a little bit of guidance. They didn't want to start from scratch. They wanted right. a form to fill in. They didn't want just a big box of put it all here. Yeah, I think that was one of the, the biggest things when, when we were talking, you and I, Jessica, about how to use this. And I kept assuring you, like, it's just going to be a form. There's going to be check boxes. It will be okay. You're not demanding too much out of some possibly technophobic editors and agents. Like it's going to be really, really simple. And that was the whole push towards this was simplicity yeah. for the agents and editors and simplicity for the users too. <laughs> Right, because the agents and editors, you know, you don't just put up a profile and walk away and it gets stale very quickly. They actually update it, right? It yeah. stays pretty current and pretty fresh. And I think, you know, they could only do that with that simplicity of the form. Um, and that's really, I don't know how many people know that, like it's the back end of that, of that information management is easy and it is, you know, current and fresh and agents do go in and like update their stuff regularly, which is fantastic. Yeah, I remember absolutely. Jessica, you told me that like whenever a new crush of agents would apply and you said like, yeah, I go in and I manually approve all of them. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like there's no going, there's no getting around that part. Like you have to do that, but it was still like, wow, Jessica put so much time into this. 
Well, um, there are definitely folks who are not out to help writers. <laughs> and while, of course, we don't know everything every person is doing, everyone who is approved on the site goes through a human who is either myself or another agent who is looking at who's in there. And we're making sure that it's real people and not just someone who decided they're an agent one day. Or um, they're not just a writer who wants to be able to look at the editor profiles that are behind a password. But yeah, we absolutely do our best to keep everybody safe. And a lot of things that are probably probably automatic on other sites are fully done by a human being on our end. We want to keep everyone as safe as we can. Even now, we definitely give people help calls whenever they get stuck. You know, it's like you said, you designed it as easily as it possibly could be done. I don't think it could be that much easier. Um, you made a beautiful guide for everybody. <laughs> like, click here. Now click here. <laughs> um, you know, screenshots. Um, no, I I think it was beautifully done and if it hadn't been so easy people would not be able to go in and update their profiles whenever they want something new um, see that's the the benefit too of having two technical writers who also do web development <laughs> yeah. be able to put together a how-to document on using it yeah and i think um that was one of the things that worked really well for us uh in no matter what business we were doing whether it was our our web design business which is no longer open i should make that point um or our own day jobs you know we always take the time to approach things from a user perspective. And um, that was one of the things uh, we always sort of did with our, our websites that we're building is, okay, well, what does the user want to see? That's like the first question anyone should ask. What is the expectation of the user? And don't make them think too much. Don't make them click too much. Those are like the top three tens. But I, I also want to call out the search tool. Um, and I'm not sure, Mike, is that part of tool set? Because it is so robust. And that was There's... like the backbone. There's uh so there's three tools there. Like one of them is like the drill down, like where you check the boxes and it loads up yeah. different things. That's tool set. There's a keyword search and that's tool set. And there's like a different type of keyword search and that's a secondary plugin. So yeah, that yeah. was just like looking at what tool set could do and then think just trying to apply it to a massive database of like, okay, if I'm a writer, like what am I gonna want? I'm gonna look for keywords and I'm also gonna look for genres. Like that's probably like the two biggest things. I've looked at tool set and it is beyond me. Um but the rest of the site was built in WordPress. And um, I think that was fairly easy to use for most backend maintenance things, right? Yeah. Well, I remember looking at the back and being like, oh my gosh, there are all these plugins. What do they do? I'm not touching anything. I'm going to make it explode again. Ah, So I don't know how you learned how to do all of those things, but I'm very grateful that you did. I had installed an automatic backup plugin that like, I think it cycles like every week or something. And I think like the first time I showed you how to use it, you were like, there are so many options here. And I'm like, just click the backup button. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know it's not that big of a, de a deal to install WordPress plugins, but it looks very much like you can break it. So I think um, it feels like it, if you haven't worked with it regularly, it can be pretty intimidating because there's just a lot of buttons. Do yeah. you remember the first conversation the two of you had about like, hey, do you want to work on this as a project? Um, you know, we usually started every day with just we would just use Google Chat. I mean, we still use it <laughs> and just quick little back and forths all the time. And I think he probably said to me, hey, I saw this tweet. What do you think? And I'm like, yeah, good, go. And he contacted you and it was just like, you know, back and forth. One of the things that works for our partnership and our friendship is that there's quick understanding. So there's not a lot of explanation behind what we say. I think after all these years, and it's been a lot of years, we, yeah. we know what each other's saying when we just, you know 
quickly. Even this morning, when when I wasn't sure what time we were recording this, I sent Sierra Google Chat. <laughs> That's yeah, always confirmed. <laughs> yeah, Gosh. yeah. I think it was just you know, should we do this? And I was like, yeah, let's do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I could see the benefit. I already saw, could see he saw the benefit, so let's do it. Wow. Is there anything you learned about agents and editors and publishing from working on this? Oh, no. I tell people this all the time. Um, that agents are real people. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we realized we learned how how lovely and amazing you are to work with. <laughs> I remember because I had just signed with my agent, but like Jessica, we had already been talking for a few months. And I think like every author or every like querying writer, when they think about agents, there's a certain level of intimidation there. Yeah. And then I remember like the first time we talked, we were like, Jessica's really like she's just totally chill. <laughs> it <was> like, <laughs> you know, it, it's hard because like when you're querying, it's very easy to see agents as these gatekeepers and I think like a lot of that explains like some of the more like wild emails that you guys get um because they it's easy to perceive you as like having the like being powerful gatekeepers but you're all people underneath and i think like because i had just signed with my agent and then like right after i started talking to you it was like i felt way more chill about like talking with the different agents who were offering because i'm like okay well if you know if jessica can vouch for them then like okay they're good people so <laughs> let's just find the good fit oh yeah. i'm so glad that was your experience they are people i promise <laughs> I wish there was a way to bring everyone along with me so that they could see um, what they are like. Sierra, I know at one of our parties, I carried you around on my phone to <laughs> to say hello to people, you know, in the before times when we could get 90 people in a room safely. Yeah. And I do wish I could do that for more writers. But I'm I'm so glad that was the experience you had because it's it's tough. It's like, how do we communicate this huge thing of, yes, these are people who have a certain amount of power, but yes, also they are in most cases, pretty chill, as you said. Sierra, was that the experience for you too? Did you also feel like it was a lot of people with a lot of power? I did. I I think every querier probably feels that at some point because, you know, they just, as you know, don't have time to say why they're rejecting every single, you know, not every single query, but, you know, a lot of them. And they're just not right for you, but we don't, we, meaning the querier, they don't see that. So, um, and there's a variety of reasons why people get rejected. Sometimes it's just down to, uh, it's just not for you, but not for you is a phrase all queriers know, but it's a really hard one to understand. What is not for you? Is it because the writing stinks or is it because you like, you know, gory thrillers and they queried you with a, you know, a happy, what does that mean? But sometimes it isn't easily defined. It's like, it just isn't your taste. And um, I think, so I think demystifying some of that was helpful for us. Thank you both so much for doing this. This is just, it's one of those moments where looking back, I'm like, how in the world did this all come together? Like some magical thing occurred where I guess you happened to see my sad tweet and you also happened to be incredibly (laughs) talented and kind and generous because most people don't do that. Most people aren't like, this person needs help. Let me help them out for the next six months to a year and be there and be a real person about it and, you know, answer my emails when I'm like, "Ah, the website's down. You know, that's, it's just absolutely incredible. And I'm just so grateful. So happy to do it glad that glad that people still use it and really like that it's grown and become a thing like a really important thing that's really cool and everybody knows ms still yell it's incredible it's really incredible well so much of it um like i said would have crashed and burned without you (laughs) (laughs) it still crashed but we got it back up yes (laughs) (laughs) 
that kind of crash is okay. Yeah. So just, I, I don't even have the words for it, but thank you. Thank so you. much was possible because of you. So after Mike and Sierra created this version 3.0, naturally we had to have a party. This was before the pandemic, so we had absolutely no qualms with inviting our 90 best publishing friends to join us. Here's Caitlin talking about what that felt like, being around all those agents and editors at this event. You're like the new kids in town. You are seeing the digital world and how it's changing conversations around publishing. You create manuscript wish list, and then you launch this party and what happens at the party? Well, before the party, I would say a way to sum up how manuscript wish list happened is so many people who were creative and generous and interesting and somehow magically found us like Caitlin, heard that we wanted to do something irrational and fun and creative and offered to help. So Caitlin here managed to get time off of work, come to the office kitchen. It had a beautiful kitchen because of our cookbook authors. And Caitlin, what did we make for the party there? We made hashtag cookies. And uh, you're, you're going to have to jog my memory a little bit because I remember we made the cookies and then went straight to the party. So I had, for some inexplicable reason, heels on which was a mistake. So I remember that. I remember there was, was there a problem with the icing? That we were there just was a problem with the dough. With the we, dough. We were fighting with something and we were just like in this kitchen going, we are both very intelligent people who have baked things before. What is happening to these cookies? <laughs> I think they could feel our stress, but I'm pretty sure I had looked up something that was like foolproof sugar cookie recipe. And we're like, well, nothing can go wrong with that. Oh, but it did. They wouldn't hold the shape. They wouldn't be cut. They were sticky. They were soft. They were melting. I think I think our collective stress was probably like heating up the kitchen too. <laughs> was it August? It was probably too hot. It was March. Ah, so I think this is so funny that literally you guys are changing the industry and the biggest problem the day of the launch was the cookies. I mean, the site probably went down that day too. It did that a lot. <laughs> Speaking of of memory problems, what we remember is the cookies. (laughs) Yes, I will. I remember this horrible moment where I'm just like, we're running out of time. (laughs) Like, we can't, we can't have people in this space before we get there. But we also can't leave cookies to like catch on fire in the office oven. Not ideal. Not ideal. (laughs) And and we wrapped them in cellophane and put little ribbons on them, and you know, so we can hand one out at the door to everybody. And I remember, yeah, we had for people with allergies and you know dietary restrictions we had some chocolate covered espresso beans and little cellophane bags too but yeah caitlin you were you were like there there you like showed up (laughs) thank you (laughs) so if you're still with us you can imagine that this all felt rather miraculous we can't believe so many people came out to generously give their time talents and energy for months and months to this project that started with a Hey guys, you want to try this thing on the internet? Thank you for being here with us along the way. And if you're still listening and perhaps you're an author who would like to meet with an agent and go over your query and get feedback instead of a form letter, meetings with our faculty just went live for March. The first three people to email academy at manuscriptwishlist.com with MSWL in the subject line will win a 10-minute query consultation with the agent or editor of their choice. And there are 40 this month to choose from. They're all lovely and kind and thoughtful and really good at helping you with your work. Learn more at manuscriptacademy.com slash consultations. Hope you're well. We are so glad that you joined us. 
And as always, we appreciate your feedback. Just head on over to the iTunes store and let us know what you think. It not only helps us make this podcast be the best it can be, but it also affects our ratings within the iTunes platform. We'd love to hear from you. If you're feeling brave and want to submit your page for our first pages podcast, you can send it to academy at manuscriptwishlist.com with first pages podcast in the subject line. We'd also just love to hear from you. And if you'd like to learn more about the Manuscript Academy and everything we have to offer, just jump on over to manuscriptacademy.com.